Everybody good? Well, if you came here to hear Robin, I'm not Robin, by the way. He didn't really want to do both services, so I told him he could just do one. I don't mind doing this. Somebody said, well, who's going to preach then? I said, well, I can preach. <laughs> like we were in some crisis of not having somebody to speak. I really appreciate uh, your your prayer and your support for uh, Argentina or Paraguay is where we went, but we was with a bunch of Argentines in Paraguay. And I sent an email out on it, kind of giving a little documentation of the trip, but it was really good. You know, from a personal perspective, it was the best uh, trip like that I've ever taken. Uh, it was really really powerful, a lot of good good things that God did, um, you know, so, but, you know, I just wanted you to know, you did uh, pay for me to go there, if you're just wondering, uh, out of our, what we call River Life Missions, we had money that we give to missions, you know, we give regular to missions, and then we have, and we have extra money, we just save it. We need to go on a mission trip every once in a while. So it costs a lot of money to go down there. Uh, anyways, it was worth it. You know, a lot of people wonder about those kinds of things. Uh, it's, it's really always worth going to another place and giving them what you have, uh, because it's, and them there to get what you give you something. So really, you can't think of those kind of things in terms of money only. Although money is a consideration. I always think, if God ain't paying for something, why am I doing it? Right? I'm not doing something God ain't paying for. That's my philosophy in life. The day the Lord quits paying the bills, I'm done. <laughs> it's true. I mean, you know, God's work done God's way never lacks God's supply. Amen? Now, sometimes when we lack God's supply, it's not because God doesn't want to do it. It's because we are not doing it the way He wants to do it. Y'all good with that? So really we have to ask ourselves in our personal lives and in our ministry when we're struggling financially, Lord, what are we doing wrong? Or are you saying we're done? Amen? We need to do something different. So I don't know why I'm saying that, but um, yeah, it's good. It's the Holy Ghost. Oh, this is what I got this morning when I came in here. Um, I saw a pottery, a piece of pottery, uh, earthen-looking pottery, you know, like the back-in-the-day pottery, not the modern, shiny, beautiful pottery, the, the hippie-looking piece of pottery, but it was huge. It was just a big old vase-looking thing, uh, but it was very huge, and it was like an earthen vessel, and I saw a fire in that, in that pot, okay? And it was a spiritual fire I saw because it wasn't natural flames, it was spiritual flames. That's what I saw in here this morning. And I believe that's the Lord, you know, and then we sang fire fall down. But really, I think the fire is going to rise up from us. God is going to really have, a, there's going to be a fire come in the earth, the Holy Spirit fire. And it's going to rise out of individuals, it's going to rise out of churches. And I see that fire being kindled right now in us. We're, we carry this treasure in the earthen vessel, the Bible says. So we've got a fire. I really do. I really believe we have a Holy Spirit fire. And, uh, you know, that's all I know about it right there. I'll ask the Lord to show me more about it. But I want to ask you, I'm going to talk just a little bit. I'm not going to try to preach to you. But I want to talk to you about something. And I want to ask you this question. Have you, I don't know how y'all think, but I know how I think. Have, do you ever wonder why we do what we do? You ever wonder about, like, why do we come to church? And why do we sing songs? 
why do we get up and do a declaration? And why do we hear people give testimonies? And why do we hear, hear preaching? You ever thought about that? I mean, he's like, why do we do that? I mean, you can't really, you can sort of find some of that in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? But there's no outline in the Bible, this is the way you do church. You know, it's just not there. Uh, and I've asked that question for years, you know, just because I want to know, well, why do we do this? Well, one of the reasons that I believe we do some of what we're doing is, is because of the atmosphere uh, that we, we have the ability to create an atmosphere with our words, okay? Now, that's, we, have, we have, there's been extremes in the Word of Faith teachings, and we have a tendency to throw all of it out, which we really shouldn't, because there's power on our words. So when we sing a song that's truthful, that is full of the truth, there's power that gets released. We don't really understand. See, what God wants to do for us is show us what's happening in the spiritual realm when we speak forth truth. Okay? There's something that happens. Now, this is interesting. There's a... Scientists have proven this. This is crazy, man. This science, I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about Christian scientists. I'm talking about scientists who study things. That love affects water. They have studied water at a microscopic level, at a molecular level, and when, when people speak loving words to, to water, the water reacts to it. Isn't that wild? It reacts to love, it reacts to thankfulness, and it reacts to hate. Okay? It does. These crystals form, or they, they, something else happens. This is a proven scientific fact. They don't really know why. Okay? They don't know why water reacts to that. Okay, but we do, really. We do. And it's because of the power of love. It's because of the power of prayer, the power of hate. There's power on these things. And water is a basic thing. And so if water is effective, doesn't that really just like, wow. When I read that, I thought, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. How much more when the people of God come together and they stand up and declare a song like Christ, being, you know, Christ the King. That's the truth. When we say that, we don't realize what happens in the spirit realm. Something happens. So what God is beginning to deal with me, see, that's why you need to connect in with the spiritual realm. So you can find out what is happening there, and so you can find out how you're supposed to live your life on this earth, and how you're supposed to speak aright. This is what the Lord told me one day. He said, Byron, this is, this is what people are doing. They're saying... Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And they think that just has to do with healings and miracles. So that's what they have in their mind they're, when they're praying that. It does have something to do with that. Okay? But it also has something to do with the atmosphere of heaven being released into the earth. And uh, this thing is getting packed up. Somebody adjust it for Robin's ears. He's got bigger ears than I do. <laughs> I was just joking. All right, here's what the atmosphere of heaven is. If you went to heaven right now, this is what the atmosphere you're going to feel there. You're going to feel love, you're going to feel peace, and you're going to feel joy. If you study the Scripture, those are the three things in the Scripture, in the New Testament, that are past human understanding. 
Okay? They're spiritual. Love, peace, and joy. That's why when Jesus sent the disciples out in Matthew 10, Matthew 10, 13, he said, go, go to a house, and if it's worthy there, your peace, your peace will rest on it. If it's not, your peace will return to you. Okay? He, Jesus was talking about them going, and you release an atmosphere of peace wherever you go. See, that's what he said to me. Byron, your house needs to be a house of peace. That's what it needs to be. When people come into your house, they need to sense the peace there. They need to sense the love there. They need to sense, sense the joy there. Okay? And you need to be walking around with that operating inside of you. Because that's what the heavenly realm is about. So when we're saying, Lord, I want the manifestation of the kingdom of God to come forth in me on a practical, everyday basis, it's love, peace, and joy that God wants to release through us into the world. So when we come into the church and gather together, or, you know, we are the church that comes together, but I don't worry about all those words people want to try to trip you up on and haggle you over. It doesn't matter. Uh, what matters is when we come together and we worship and we give praise to God, this thing just is really not wanting to stay on my ear. It, it changes the atmosphere. We're releasing an atmosphere. We're giving an atmosphere of heaven to be in the room. Are y'all following me on So that's why our words are powerful. Our words can affect things. And they can also affect things negatively. I wanted to read this scripture. Um, second, or 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. And we have so... Honestly, we have misused this chapter in the Bible so much and made it just into something that's not. But this is what it says. If I speak with tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. That's what the Bible says, okay? In other words, if you're not operating in that heavenly atmosphere of love, no matter what you do on this earth, in the end, it will not matter. In fact, you won't last long in the end. And if I give, and it really goes down to this, some of the most noble things on earth, if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, be a martyr, and, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Okay. Have you ever wondered why some people who are highly gifted Okay, have powerful anointings in their life, but they don't seem to make it over the long haul. Okay, something, and so we always blame it on their character, and I think that's a, a, a good place to start is, is, you know, your character, that old statement, you know, your gifting will put you in places where your character can't keep you. That's a true thing. However, I think one of the things is, is, is lack of revelation, of true revelation of the love of God operating in our lives. Um, I was thinking about my life. Uh, you know, when you have a call on your life, okay, of any kind, no matter what kind of call it is, if it's a, if it's a call to do ministry, if it's a call to, to do business, or whatever it is, a calling in itself is very strong. Okay? The call, it's, it has to be to get you from where you're at to where God wants to take you. I mean, that's, he just, it's a strong thing. It's, it's a motivational thing in us. Uh, but I begin to think, you know, based on where I am now in my walk with the Lord and what God has done in my life for over 30 years, I begin to think about when I first be began to believe and sense a calling from the Lord and some of the things I tried to do to come into that calling. 
and that were big failures. I mean, some of it had to do with immaturity, but some of it had to do with this, is I really didn't have any operational true love in my life towards the people I was trying to minister to. I was trying to fulfill this thing in me, okay, this thing of a calling to satisfy it. Do you understand what I'm saying? I didn't really give a rip about my neighbors that I was trying to gather to minister to. I just wanted to do this thing that was in me, this thing that was from God. Okay? Are y'all following that? And I'm so shocked that God would ever use me for anything because that was my story for years. It wasn't that I didn't know the love of God. It's just the love of God did not motivate me. My calling motivated me. And I've realized in my life, down the, at this end of my life, how, how backwards that is. Uh, this is what Paul said. He said, uh, the love of God controls us. Let's take it Corinthians 5.14. The love of God is what directs me. Paul, here's, think about it from Paul's perspective. Paul was full of revelation. Paul was full of vision. But Paul was full of burden from the Lord. Paul was full of uh, third heaven experiences, but the thing that directed his life, the thing that made him really do what he was doing was not any of those things. It was the love of God. That's what he said. The love of God controls me. In fact, uh, uh, Galatians 5, 6 says, uh, faith works through love. So I can, uh, faith works, in other words, faith gets his energy to, to operate by love. So, really, I can understand how nothing worked for me back then. Because my faith wasn't, wasn't working because I was trying to do something apart from love. And, and, you know, faith is how you get stuff from God. Faith is our connection. It's sort of like the, the pipe that connects us into heaven, where the things in heaven, the unseen world, that's what it says in Hebrews 11, it's the, it's, it's the unseen things, that's what it is, Faith accesses us to the unseen, in the unseen world to, to get. But my faith was not grounded in love. It wasn't pulling on love, and love was not giving my faith any energy because it wasn't there to give it. Are y'all following that? See, this is critical for us. If we're going to really walk in all that God has for us, we have to walk in love, first and foremost. If we're not walking in love and we don't have a true revelation of love, the love of the Father, then everything we do, it says that, it, even down to being a martyr, it says it right there, put it back up there, 13.3, I want y'all to hear it, read this, it profits me nothing. That's what it says. You can have the greatest ministry on this planet. You can be the most successful at whatever you feel like you're supposed to do. But in the end, and I believe in the end, before you get to the end, you're going to realize this was no profit. There was nothing gained. This was not success in God's eyes. You go and you stand before the Lord. You, Lord, I just died for you. Those people killed me for preaching the gospel. And the Lord's going to say, but yeah, and, and I appreciate all you did, and I did use all that, and you do have fun, but you missed it. I don't want to get to heaven. And, and my and my my final my you know my final stop of heaven, you know my end stop of heaven. When I'm done here and I go on in to be with the Lord in heaven. I don't want to get there, 
and realize that I, did, I lived my life completely different from what the heaven's atmosphere is, of love and peace and joy. That those weren't the motivational, those, those weren't the things in operational in me. Are y'all following this? See, if, if we could teach young people that are coming up in the Lord, listen, this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to get a hold of this love thing. You're going to have to get a hold of this peace thing. You're going to have to get a hold of this joy thing so you can be profitable on this earth. And so when you come to the end of your life, you look back down the quarters of time of your life and you realize it was, it was for the glory of God. It was a profitable life. It was, your life made a difference. It really made a difference. It made a, a sincere difference. And that's really what God has called us to do. He's called us to be like Paul, the love of, love of God. I, I like the, uh, I think it's the New King James, says, the love of God constrains me. I like that word, constrain. It puts, a, it, puts, it puts something on me. It wasn't my ministry. It wasn't my desire to, to preach or teach or my desire to see people healed or my desire to evangelize or my desire to be whatever, a successful business person or educator. It was none of those things. Those were like, those things found their life in the love that God put in me. Are y'all following this? This is like the life-changing message for you, really, if you would allow it to be. Um, so I was, I was fulfilled. I was, you know, I was looking for fulfillment in my, in this, this, my desire, to, this unction in me, this thing in me that was saying, you have a call on your life, you need to go after it, you need to do it, and if you'll do that, everything's going to be okay in your life. And so when you start fulfilling your call and you find out everything's not okay, in fact, there's a whole other world of problems that are opened up to you that you would like to, uh, you know, sometimes you feel like this. So all of a sudden you're walking in what God has for you. This is what God has for you. I'm using this as an illustration. I would just like to shut this book in my life because it's brought a whole level of issues and stuff into me that I don't really want you know, think about Paul's life. Think about the, the difficulties he went through. Over this calling, over this ap ap apostleship that he had, uh, but he said it was the love that made me do it. It wasn't some noble ideal that I've got to go and preach the gospel here and there. It was my, it was the love of God that caused me. When everybody was begging me, don't go to Jerusalem. It was God's love that said, no, I'm going to go even though I know chains and beatings await me. Okay? And, and, and so God wants to release that. I want to read Ephesians 3. These are so, so listen. When you, when you read 1 Corinthians 13, don't think about it in some ridiculous way. See, God wants us to see things from his perspective. He wants us to understand the Bible from his perspective. We've got so much trash on our heads about the, the doctrines of the Bible and the theology of the Bible. It's ridiculous. But when you start connecting with the Father and you start connecting with how he feels and what he thinks, you realize it's, we have been lied to. You know, we've been lied to when we believed it. You know, I read the scripture this morning and it says, it's in, in Hebrews, I think it's Hebrews 5.14, it says, Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered. Don't you love that verse? I told the Lord, Lord, you know what? That word obedience to me has a negative thing on it. That verse just feels negative and heavy to me, Lord, and I know it's not. 
I want to know what you have to say about obedience, and I want to know what you have to say about suffering. I don't want to know what everybody else has to say about it. I want to get heaven's perspective on it. Show me what it means so I can read that verse and not try to avoid it. Do y'all do that? I do. I'll read something like, mm-hmm. let's get around that one. Can I just go down in the down and hear it's talking about some good stuff down here? I want to go down to that one. Yeah. Yeah. See, what I like to do is I like to read a chapter in the Bible and I like that and I ask the Lord, Lord, speak to me a verse out of here to meditate on today and write about. And that was the one he spoke to me, but I was like, uh uh-uh, that can't be God, that's just me. I was going on reading looking for another verse. <laughs> I want another verse to meditate on today. I don't want to think about obedience and suffering. Yeah. And it's because we are believing. Man, I wish I could say a bad word right now. I'm not. I'm just saying I wish I could. We're believing. Paul called it dung. You know, we're believing dung. Okay? That's what we're believing. And we need to ask God to wash our minds of the lies that we have in us. To wash our minds. And begin to release the thoughts of heaven, the thoughts of the Father into our mind. That when he reads the Bible, he doesn't see the obedience and suffering as a negative. He sees it completely something different. And we need to know what that is. So we can allow that thing to come into us. Are you all right? All right, here, let me do this. You know, one of the ways you receive, this is, the key, this is one of the key ways if you want to receive from the Lord. Is rest. Is to, is to get in a place of rest where you're not trying to receive. You're not trying to be. You just. I had this experience. Did I tell y'all about this the other night? I don't know if I told about it. So we were in this meeting down in South America. Okay? And those people are maniacs. I mean, they are slam maniacs. Y'all think the music's loud here? You would long to get back here to this meeting. You would long. Please let me get back there where it's, my ears can make it. And, and you think about. Uh, is they going to ever come into a time of, of just mellow worship? Well, we're doing mellow worship. And everybody's screaming at the top of their lungs. They're jumping, you know, and it's like, so you don't understand, you know, you don't, I don't know, I don't know nothing. I don't understand what they're saying. It's loud, you know. I'm thinking, Lord, okay, now I need to really connect into the spiritual realm here because this ain't working for me, all this. So I can't get in, I can't even sing with them. So I'm just going to go out into the spiritual world and see what happens. I could not get there. I kept trying to get there and kept trying to get I tried every trick in the book I knew, you know, get still and all this. Finally, I said, Lord, I am just stuck here with the rest of these mortals. Living in this mortal world. Seeing what everybody's seeing and hearing what everybody's hearing. And I'm just driving me crazy. And he said this to me. He said, the harder you try, the worse it's going to get. So he said, the harder you try, you just rest. If you'll rest. So I just got into a place of rest. I just said, okay, Lord, I'm choosing to rest, even though I'm agitated in my flesh. And I just got there. And the next thing I know, I'm not there. I'm, I'm hearing everything, but I'm not connecting with it. I'm connecting with some completely other thing. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, you know what, Byron, this is the atmosphere that we're in. What you are feeling is what everybody else in this room is feeling. And this is what's happening with you. And he gave me some scriptures out of the Bible, a story out of Elijah's life. So, you know, when the right time came, I thought, I said, you know, this is what's going on in a lot of people's lives. And I read the story to them, just read it to them, talked to them. Everybody's like, 
how'd you know? <laughs> and that's how you, you come into these experiences with the Lord. You just rest. You don't try to come into them. You allow them to come to you. What we don't realize is, is God is more, God is very interested in us coming into the Spirit. Okay? And, and, and having dreams, having visions, having revelations, having all these things, and, and going into the Spirit realm. I did want to tell you this, because a lot of people have asked me, how do you know how, to, how do you know when you're walking in the Spirit? Okay, but you know, like, and this is what I really believe. I believe when you're walking in love and you're walking in peace and you're walking in joy, you're walking in the Spirit. Okay, because it is a work of the Spirit. Okay, that's how. You, so if, if you're walking in anger, if you're mad at somebody, that ain't walking in the Spirit. Heck, anybody can be anger. You can be mad at anybody. You can be fussing at anybody. You can be saying bad things at anybody. So, what I want you to get is uh, worship, singing songs is really important. Uh, that's why Paul told the Christians in Ephesians to do it. In Ephesians 5, where he talks about singing, making melody in your heart. Okay? Uh, speaking psalms, singing psalms to one another. It's important. He wasn't just saying that, like that's a good thing to do. Now, he was saying... This is how the spiritual life is. In heaven, people are singing. In heaven, there's music. In heaven, there's, there's harmony. In heaven, there's love. And Paul was saying, as we do that, the, the, the realm of heaven will be released into our hearts. Yeah, see, it's not complicated. Y'all looking at me like you don't believe me. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. It says it right here in Ephesians 5, what I just was telling you. Y'all know that scripture. He said, be filled with the Spirit not, and don't be drunk with wine. And he goes on and talks about singing. Now think about it a minute. You think all that's connected somehow? So when you sing a song, and that's why when we sing songs, they're important. Because they're releasing something into the atmosphere. So you can talk dirty, or you can talk negative, and you can talk trash, that's releasing something in the atmosphere. You can be mean, you can gossip and do all that. That's releasing stuff into the atmosphere because you have power on your words. And your words are going to build your life or they're going to destroy your life. And that's why we have to be careful about our words. And that's why we need people to encourage us to worship the Lord. And to sing songs that are in agreement with heaven. And it's, it's important to do that. And you can sit in a chair and sing a song. You don't have to jump and sing a song. If that's sort of your problem. I can't jump. I couldn't jump. Now, but I'm too old to jump, Lord. If I get up and jump with them people, I'm not going to have a hard time walking in the morning. Because these are hard floors and my calves are cramping because of lack of movement as it was. So I can sit here and sing a song. And release power. Release power in my life and release power in other people's lives. And God really is interested in us doing that. Now, let me read Ephesians 3, 13. I didn't want to read the one about the singing, but there's, a, there's music in heaven, by the way. There's, there's harmonies, there's melodies, there's these things happening. That's why Paul said, make melody in your heart. Because as you do it, it's like you, listen, it's like 
I don't know how radios and stuff are nowadays, but you know, in the old days, you, you, you had a channel you got on. And that's what you do. When you're making metal in your heart, you are tuning your heart into heaven's heart. That's what you're doing. You're tuning your life into what's happening in heaven. Now, if you're singing, uh, you know, gangster rap, then I don't know if that's tuning your life into heaven. It might be tuning you into hell. You can do the opposite, you know. <laughs> but you can tune your life into the heavenly realm by making melody. See, see, it's not none of this stuff is really complicated. It's all in the Bible. That's why Paul. He wasn't just saying that so you'll live a better, have a better day. He was saying that so you will live a spiritual life and you'll be connected in with heaven. Anyways, uh, maybe I should read that verse. You think I keep talking about it? I don't know why I keep telling him, but I'm running out of time. I'm about two more minutes. And anyways, are y'all okay? Uh, where's that at? Somebody tell me. If I was really bold, I'd pull out my new iPhone that has a computer program on it of a Bible, and I can look it right up. Singing, making this in Ephesians, where Paul talks about singing and making melody in heart. Come on, right, listen to Scott. He see, did you see what he was doing. He has a photographic memory. He was looking up. He was going down that that channel. He was. I'm telling you, he was. Did y'all notice when Bobby Connor was here how he would do this when he was talking, quoting scriptures? He would do this. You know what he was doing? He was going through the Bible in his mind. He's got so much of it in his mind. He's going down and trying to find it in his mind. He used his finger to help him. Scott just sort of throw it away down. Scott, get your Bible out and find this. Because <laughs> I ain't seeing it for some reason. God's hiding it from me. Oh, wait a minute. Here it is in verse. He's right. It's about a third way down. Yeah. Um, he said, this is what it says. In, it starts in verse 15. Be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. Make the most of your time because the days are evil. That sounds good. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another. Now here it is, right in the Bible. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, there's power on that. That's what being filled with the Spirit's about. So when you start talking trash to your friend, your spouse, you ain't walking in the Spirit. In fact, you're walking in... You're walking in another spirit. You're walking in uh, the Antichrist spirit, the anti-anointing, the anti-Holy Spirit spirit. <laughs> Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to another, one another in the fear of Christ. When I said earlier that water is affected by love, scientifically proven, I thought, no wonder we're to bless our meals. Think about it like that. No wonder. No wonder we're so to say, Lord, thank you for this food. Because when we do, something is happening to the food. Something's happening to it. It's not only honoring God because He gave us food. But something's happening. When your mama fixes you a food, a, a dinner, and your mama loves you, there's, that's why home-cooked food is good. It's because the love that she put into preparing a meal for you was effect, literally affecting the food. I'm telling you. I'm telling you that. 
These scientists have proven this. So it makes me want to, you know, when I get ready to eat something, oh, Lord, thank you. In fact, I was, you know, when after I read that, <laughs> I was getting glasses of water, and I was saying, oh, water, I really love you. You're, you're just wonderful water. Because when I was doing that, something was happening to the water that I couldn't see. I don't know whose water this is. I got my own. I already love mine. Whoever's going to drink that's going to get some anointing. Yeah. You know, so this is what I'm saying is this what we do is important. I'm, I'm telling you practical ways we can connect in with the very atmosphere of heaven and release it into our lives and through our lives and change us. Change, literally change the food we're eating. Literally change the food we're eating. If it changes water, what will it do to another human being? You know? Because we're made up of how much water? A lot of water. That's the thing. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm a bunch of water. And when somebody loves on me, all that water in me is getting activated and doing whatever water does. You know, it's doing the water thing. It's forming these little crystals. Because of love, because of prayer, because of thanksgiving. That's why Paul was saying that. Uh, let me read this and let me read one more scripture and we'll be done. For this reason, this is Ephesians 3, 14, I bow my knees before the Father from, where, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his Spirit and the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and did you be rooted and grounded in love? See that right there? Our lives has to be rooted and grounded in that. If you'll be rooted and grounded in love, you can go up into the heavenly realm all you want to. You're not in danger of being an idiot. You're not in danger of getting a weirdo and getting off because your life is grounded in love. So here's what I would say to people. You want to go up into the third heaven? Get grounded in love on earth. Let the love of God ground you. So no matter what happens in your life, everything in your life is coming out of love. And you can go, you know, into heaven. And you can go talk to Jesus. And you can talk to angels. Because you're grounded in love. And love holds you and it constrains you. It keeps you next to the Father. And those things won't warp your little brain too much. It says, uh, and may be able to comprehend with all the saints, what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to the, all the fullness of God. If we want the fullness of God, we have to, it comes through love. That's how we get fullness, is love. You know? All right, the last one I wanted to tell you, okay, Romans 5, I did want to tell you this. Okay, I just really feel like you've got to get this one. Person who gives us love is the Holy Spirit. He is responsible. That's one of his job descriptions. He's responsible for us coming into this love life. It says, Hope does not disappoint us, Romans 5 5, because what? The love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The Holy Spirit given to us. Now, I want to challenge you people in this room about the Holy Spirit this morning. I want to challenge you about the Holy Spirit because I feel like there's some people you just have this reserve on you. Spirit of reserve. I was talking to people in South America about the spirit of reserve. That was one thing Jonathan Edwards really put.
preached hard against in the First Great Awakening. In the United States, there's a spirit of reserve. Well, you know what the guy told me down there? You don't need to preach that here. We got the opposite problem in South America. You need to preach some... Hey, y'all gone too far with this thing. Y'all are doing... Y'all are just over into the emotional end. Y'all need to quit, quit that. You need to get, get real. But we don't have that problem here. We're reserved. If somebody tells you there's a Holy Spirit river, oh, I, I gotta have somebody to prove that to me. You're making a mistake! Because it's a river of love, that's what it does. It releases the love of God into your life. And you have made a terrible mistake if you've re rejected that. Terrible mistake. It's a wrong thought. It's a thought from earth. At best, it's a thought from earth. It's not a thought from heaven. It's not a thought from heaven. Because that river is in heaven. And when you get to heaven, guess where they're going to take your carcass? The first thing, you walk in the door, they are going to say, we're going swimming. If you don't experience it on earth, God is going to make sure you experience it in heaven. See, we think, i said this before, I'm telling you this, we think when we get to heaven, my friend asked me this question. And my friend knows a lot more than I do. He wants to ask me, Byron, why does when a Baptist goes to heaven, they see the Baptist heaven, and when a Pentecostal person goes to heaven, they see a Pentecostal. It's our level of spiritual maturity is what it is. It's where we are with God here. Because when we get to heaven, He has to, he's, we're not going to suddenly know everything. He is going to, we're going to learn in heaven. He's going to teach us in heaven. Okay? We, you know, we're going to gain things in heaven. People don't think that, but it's the truth. We're going to get there, but then there's actual schools in heaven. If you don't believe in healing, there's a school they're going to put you in. And these angels are going to teach you, listen, uh, Anna Roundtree, when she went to heaven, these angels were shocked, the ones who had never come to earth. They were shocked. Like, y'all don't believe in healing on earth? People don't believe in healing on earth? They were shocked at that thought. They were like baffled that human beings could not believe in healing. Because they said, what's right in the Bible? What's wrong with these people? That's what they were saying to her. So when we get to heaven, if you've not really given yourself to being, you know, letting the river of God uh, flow in you and on you, you'll get it there. That'll be the first thing they do. We're going to let you get in the river for a while. And so I might be up there in heaven the same time you, and I'm going to walk by and say, I told you, you should have done it back there in 2009. And you're going to think, I wish I would have heard what that nut said. That he just, that crazy person, why didn't I listen to him? Why? Well, your words have power. That's what I want you to hear this morning. What words are you speaking? Are you speaking love words? Are you speaking words of peace? Are you speaking words of joy? Are you singing to people? You, or do you have melody in your heart? Or do you have anxiety and anguish in your heart? Do you have turmoil in your heart? Do you have bitterness in your heart? Okay? That's what we have to ask ourselves. What's in us? Okay? Because that's going to affect our life. And it's going to affect people around us. And it's going to affect the atmosphere wherever we go. Amen? So let's stand up. Lord, there's people in this room this morning that <clears throat> have some... Sorrowful things in their hearts. I pray you'd remove them in Jesus' name. And I pray for every person here today. 
I pray, Lord, that you would release so much of your love to us. Holy Spirit, we invite you. We want, we want, we want more of the love of God that you've given us already to be manifest in our life. We want to go into deeper experiences of love, deeper experiences of peace, and deeper experiences of joy. We ask you to release that today in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you, Father. Lord, help people who use that 1 Corinthians 13 to, to discount prophecy in tongues, but somehow they don't discount martyrs in the same sentence. Lord, help them to see the folly of their thinking, Lord. Help us to see the folly of our thinking, Lord. And I ask you today, I ask you for every person in this room today, Lord, that you would wash our minds of the lies that we believe and release the realm of heaven into our minds so we can begin to hear the songs of heaven, hear the words of heaven, feel the peace of heaven, feel the joy of heaven, feel the love of heaven in our very personal beings. And I'm praying for homes today and marriages, Lord, that marriages and homes would experience this love, peace, and joy, Father. I just pray you'd release that to, to homes, that homes, marriages, relationships between mothers and daughters, fathers and daughters, mothers and sons, mothers and uh, fathers and stepsons, Lord, whatever. Anything in the home, Lord, we want to see the homes of, of your people full of love, full of joy. Let our homes be refuge. When people would go into our homes, they would know the peace resides here. The peace of heaven resides here. The people would have that, they would feel that peace, they would feel that love and acceptance, and they would feel a joy that the earth can't give. I just ask you that for the homes that are represented in this room. I ask you that for the relationships that are represented in this room. And Father, we want this church to be a place where it's a place of love, a place of peace, and a place of undescribable joy. We just are asking you to do that, Lord. Help us to sing out words that bring forth those things into this room, Lord. Lord, I believe in that, in that hour, in that day, Lord, when we see that things, we will see people's lives healed and delivered and, and corrected and, and brought into alignment with your word in, in heaven. And Lord, we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.